or in like a mean way or a harsh way, but it was just like the norm. And nobody addressed it and nobody talked about it. And I accepted it because I was, this is my norm. This is my culture. This is where I'm from. This is the upbringing that I was brought up to. And that's what everybody around me was doing. So for me at the time, it was socially acceptable. And, uh, and, I, and I just went ahead and I did it and, you know, got married. And we had two beautiful children, alhamdulillah. And, you know, with time, like everything, you know, you start to realize things and pick up because you just mature and, you know, you start to, you know, pick up pieces, you start to recognize, uh, not necessarily like just like red flags about, you know, your relationship, but like, just in general, you just look at life differently, because you're more open, and you go through these difficult experiences that kind of teach you big lessons. And the only way that you're really going to learn these big lessons is by going through this trauma or these experiences. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like what led me to be where I am today. Um, is because, you know, I didn't really know what the red flags were. And I didn't really understand what a relationship was supposed to be like. And it took me many, 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 many years. You know, I was 18 when I first got engaged. I'm now 32. So you're talking 10, 12, 14 years ago was when I had first gotten engaged, which was a pretty long time ago. So you can just imagine in 14 years, what a young girl like myself that got married, got engaged or got engaged, got married, had children, got divorced, what I went through, what um, experiences, you know, you know, taught me. Um, and like how I could influence other girls to like be like, hey, you know, like pay attention. Um, this is what you should look out for. And, you know, for all the girls that are listening to right now, if you're young and if you're, you know, you're in high school and you have a crush or if you're in college and you're getting to know somebody, don't just look at somebody because of the way they look or, you know, his family or how much money he has or how much money his dad gives him. You know, you want to look you're, you're young. You don't really know what you want. And that's the reality is that like when you're young, you naturally you're going to want things that you're not going to want when you're 30. Mm -hmm. You're going to look at things differently in men or in your spouse differently than when you're 30 or 32 or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, you know, take things slow and learn to love yourself and learn to set boundaries for yourself. And if anybody's going to cross those boundaries, you're going to realize like, Hey, you're crossing my boundaries, or this is just something that's not acceptable and be firm at it. Because, you know, the reality is, is for myself, I didn't know any better. So I would just let so many things slide. So many things slide and, you know, and I saw these red flags and, and, and I knew that they were red flags as I got older, but I was stuck in a situation where I was financially dependent and I had two young children. So where was I going to go? Mm-hmm. How was I going to work? I couldn't afford daycare. I couldn't afford, you know, to feed them because I was, you know, financially dependent on my husband at the time. So how can I do all of these things? So I stayed. And, um, Another tip that I also like to give these girls that do end up even getting married and do find the love of their life. And there are a lot of successful relationships, you know, like high school sweethearts that end up having, you know, you know, grandchildren, you know, over the course of 25, 30 years, there are successful relationships. Um, but for, but, but, but for people like that is, you know, sorry, I lost my line of thought. <laughs> no, you said you wanted to give a, a good tip to people who do fall in love and do have success stories. I still lost my line of thought. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, the tip of my tongue. Oh my goodness. Uh, it'll come back to you. Yeah, it will, so, yeah, will come back to me. Um, Juju, is there anything like you wanted to jump in? I felt like you wanted to say something. Oh, I just really wanted to hear her advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that for people who are in love and do have like a good um, like marriage or our high school sweethearts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Um, it's, you know, like don't have kids right away. Like I got married, I was 20, 21. And then I got pregnant like five months later and like, I didn't enjoy my life. I didn't go on vacation. I, 
I just wanted to have a baby, you know, and I thought like babies are so cute. They're like little dolls and I want to dress them up. And then pregnancy came and then birth came, which was so traumatizing to me because uh, I felt everything. And then, you know, I remember giving birth to my son and I was like, get him off of me. And I didn't like him for two months. That's just, this is the reality. I don't know if I, anybody could like me. I would look at my son and I'm like, what did I do? I'm not ready for this. Yeah. And uh, that's because I was so young and so naive and so innocent. And, you know, here I am having this baby and I don't even know how to even deal with it. So, you know, just take your time. Get to know somebody. You don't need to have kids right away. You know, how do you know? Like, see, that's the thing is that like when we are engaged or, you know, like we're not necessarily living with that person under one roof. So you're not going to see how this person is when they sleep or when they wake up or how they are when they take a shower. Do they leave their towels on the floor? Do they pick up after themselves? Are they clean? Are they, you know, there's, there's things that like when he lives in his mom's house, he's not the same as when he lives on his own because at his mom's house, he's probably dependent on his mom. Mm -hmm. and when he's with you he's going to be dependent on you so guess what you're going to become mama this yeah. is the reality. and that's what happened to me I became mama um and I loved it and I enjoyed it and I really don't have any issues with a woman that chooses to become like that or ch chooses to continue that as long as they're both happy and there's that you know like there's good effective communication between both of them and it's stable and it's a healthy relationship why not literally why not if they're both happy but for me there was there was an offset there was an imbalance yeah. And that's what kind of like, you know, threw me off. It's like, okay, you know what? You got to start talking. You got to start doing something. You got to start, you know, trying to, you know, change something. But if things don't change over the course of time, eventually, you know, it's going to lead to something where it's going to be like, uh-uh, this is just not going to work. And obviously I'm not talking about somebody taking a shower and just leaving their towel on the floor. I'm talking about like a factor of many, 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 many different things that just kind of like pile up on top of each other. Mm -hmm. um so yeah just you know just take your time you know relax chill travel the world have fun study this person like this is the time where you could be with this person and, and understand who they are how do how are they when they get upset mm -hmm. do they communicate do they yell do they are they emotionally abusive are they physically abusive um are they home at night do they does this guy go out five times a week to go play fifa with his friends or is he with you and the kids? Or is he with you at home, like, you know, trying to hang out with you? Of course, it's really important in a relationship to have boundaries and to, you know, for him to have his guy time and for you to have your girl time. I'm all about that. But, you know, there's only so much that you could do. There has to be a perfect balance. You you can't be out seven days a week. You know, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. You Absolutely. could be out maybe once a week, once every two weeks. You know, just balance things out. That's okay. Um, but this is the moment where you can study that person and understand, like, hey, well, you know, how is this person in, in bed? How is this person and, and everything? How is this person going to go out to eat? You know, just study, study this person, study who they are. And that's why, like right now, any relationship that I'm in, you know, whether it's a friendship or whatever, I relax, you know, I take it easy and, you know, I study it. I look at things from different angles and I'm able to identify these little red flags or things that I just don't like. Or if I look at something, it doesn't have to necessarily be a red flag, but I'm like, this person is like one, two, three. And that's going to clash with my four or five. And I don't think that this would ever work. You know, even though he might have all of these good traits, because these traits and these qualities are what's important to me. And I'm not willing to bow down and I'm not willing to change that. And why would I need to change him if he doesn't want to change it? So I just, you know, within one to two weeks, I'm like, okay, this is just not going to work out. Yeah. So you know, it's just being able to understand what it is that you want and what the other person can offer. Yeah, no. And first of all, and, you know, like, I'm sorry you had to deal with like, that situation at such a young age because like you said when you don't know who you are you're not able to serve somebody else you're not able to like cater to their needs because 
you don't even know like what your needs are. And then you're like throwing all this responsibility. And like you said, you had kids really young and suddenly like you're thrown another life that you're fully responsible for. Absolutely. And there, and especially being like 2021 is as a Muslim girl, like you're still kind of relying on your parents for like certain things, right? Like financial sub- stability, like your mom's like making the food, you know, maybe your sibling or someone is doing the laundry and it's like kind of like a, team effort and then you get thrown into like hey like what's for dinner what's going on like I'm hungry who's cleaning up the dishes like who's gonna feed the baby but um and like you said it's so important to read people because energy is currency and like that energy you feel from someone actually means something to our like souls to our nuffs like it's not like you get a bad vibe for no reason it's actually because you're feeling that from somebody else so no doubt um Juju is there anything you want to jump in with I'm just I just don't want to (laughs) like no don't worry I mean I agree with everything that you've been saying especially with like looking for the red flags and knowing that there are some things that aren't going to vibe with your morals and your beliefs and to recognize that really quickly and cut it off and be done with it honestly I think that's the best thing is to recognize it early on and not even try to change that person it's not going to happen especially like when it you know, we're in our thirties at this point, you can't really change someone. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think that's something that you're able to pick up on at a later time in your life. You know, I didn't know any of this advice that I'm giving you now, five years ago, I actually knew none of it. Um, and I'm, I'm, and you know, a lot of, sometimes people be like, Oh, I'm sorry. You went through this and blah, blah, blah. And I understand you sometimes, you know, I don't want anybody to sympathize. I want people to learn. Mm -hmm. I want people to learn from my experience that you don't have to go through this. You know, there's things that I learned this is my experience. This is what I, you know, this is, these are the lessons that I was learned and use them in your life. You know, that's why like, you know, even when I first got divorced, you know, and um, you know, there were people that obviously wanted to get to know me and it was not too far away from when, when I got divorced, you know? And, you know, I was like, you know, like, why not? I was ready because I was already um, separated for such a long time and I already had so much problem for like the past three years. So I was not like, like, just like a devastated from a divorce. I kind of expected mm-hmm. the divorce happen. I kind of knew that this was going to happen one day and it just did. And then even, even after that, like that first relationship that I was in taught me the biggest lesson of my life is like, what am I waiting on? Somebody to text me back, somebody to call me back. Like if there's no good energy being transferred between me and you, you're just not the one period. If you want to text me, if you don't want to text me, then you're texting somebody else. And that's not me. And I'm not going to allow that. So I wish I could get all the time back from waiting for stupid texts. (laughs) But I really admire, I really admire that you're speaking out about this because in our community, when it comes to divorce, it's very hush hush. You don't even know it's happening. It's funny because when everyone gets married, everyone knows it's this big extravagant celebration. And then when divorce happens, it's hush hush. No one talks about what happened, how it happened, what went wrong, swept under the rug. And I actually even had friends that would get married like right away to someone else. And I'm just like, wait, when did this happen? Who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. I think that um, like for myself personally, when I first got divorced, um, everybody like kind of heard, you know, news spreads. I was not a blogger at the time. I was just like, you know, a normal, like, I mean, not like a normal person. I still am a normal person, but like, I wasn't known. I wasn't known in the community. Like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. But my family members, it was at the time of Ashura and people were just like coming up to me like, Oh my God, I heard you got divorced. I heard, bro, leave me alone. Yeah. Leave me alone. Um, you know, like I, I didn't want to share my private life with somebody, but 
right now that I'm healed and right now that I'm able to put the pieces of the broken puzzle together and I'm able to truly understand what went wrong and how it went wrong, I could take pieces of my life lessons and showcase them in a way where my private life isn't really out there, but my lessons that I've learned are out there so people can benefit from them. Yeah. And that's what I realized is that, you know what? I was so quiet about my children and about being divorced for around like the first year of blogging, year, year and a half. And uh, one day I just showed it. People were like, what? You have kids? What? You were married? What? Wait, where's the father? Where's this? Where's that? And I would never respond. And I would never say anything because I was like, not ready, not ready. And that's okay. And that's totally fine. But I've just built this confidence to where I'm like, you know what? This is me. This is who I am. It does not define me. And it really doesn't. I don't, I don't go around and tell people like, hey, I'm a divorced woman. I say, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an influencer. I'm a blogger. I'm a mom of two. I'm this, I'm that. All the badass things that I could talk about myself. Yeah. If somebody what? asks me if I'm divorced, yeah, I'm divorced. But, you know, I'm over it. And I really am over it. And, you know, like, it's no big deal. Um, for me to, you know, be open and talk about it now, but it took time for me to like heal and understand exactly what went wrong um, and how I was able to share my experience without sharing my experience. Yeah. And I think that's so important that you just said that where you took time because so many people feel like they need to keep cushioning their emotions with the next relationship. And in reality, it's going to end up the same way or in some like tragedy because they're not mentally ready to take on somebody else's like, you know, personality, their responsibility. Um, and there was something else you mentioned about um, being proud of like your situation. And, you know, we learn in Islam over and over again that you know, Allah, everything that Allah puts us through is either a lesson or a lesson or a blessing, right? And then on top of that, in the Quran, Allah also says, like, you know, you will be tested either with like, you know, your wealth, loss of life, your fruits of toil, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, your maybe your like, personal struggle was that situation. But it's because Allah wanted you to get pivot you to this point in your life. And so no, no. I feel like, your advice especially to young divorced women um even men and people who have kids because there is a stigma that comes behind you know women who are divorced and when they want to get remarried people are like oh she has kids like oh she's divorced like no 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 like we don't want her for our son and that really emotionally is impacting a lot of women in our community um so is there anything you want to like advise to those females or even men yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. You know, right now, for anybody that's listening to this podcast, I want to ask you a question. Even I'll ask you, Farwa, and I'll ask Juju as well. What are the top five traits that matter most to you? Uh, do you want me to answer it? <laughs> so right off of the bat, if you can't answer that, then you're, you probably can't narrow down if somebody's going to be right for you or not. Like if you don't have this down on a pen and paper and you're like, well, you know what? I care about if this person prays. I care about if this person has um, some sort of stability in his life from a financial perspective. I care about if this person um, has, um, you know, like maintains his health. This person is not overweight. This person can control his, you know, his, 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 his cravings, his food intake, whatever it may be. I'm just giving an example. Um, I care about this person has a lot of patience. I care about if this person um, is a father or not, you know, is this person single? Is this person a father? So you look at these traits and, and I literally like, I, and I start looking and I just check it off and I'm like, he has this, he has that, he has this. Mm. He's not patient. That's not going to work for me. 
out, you know, and you could just test this person. You know, I was, you know, talking to somebody one, you know, like not too long ago, it was like a couple of months ago. And it was like the third phone call. And uh, this person started asking me so many like personal detailed questions. And I was like, hold up, you are not in that position to be asking me these types of questions. And I was like, I feel very uncomfortable and I'm going to have to end this right now. And, you know, and, and I ended it right then and there. And, um, and then I got clingy, please answer me. Oh, such a turn. What are you doing? You're like, do not do that. That's a big no, no for me. You're giving so. me all the vibes right now because it's like, you feel bad just being like, this is not going to work. Like I feel like when that happens between me and a guy, like, Cause then for me, my family gets involved, right? They're like, what's going on? Why are you so picky? This, that. And then sometimes they're not understanding. Like there are certain criteria. like for me personally, right? Um, if someone drinks or like smokes, like gets high for me, it's like, it's a deal breaker because okay. automatically I don't want to bring those, like those habits into my marriage. And then if you're doing that now, and like we said, if you're like in your late twenties and thirties and you're still doing certain things that are like very like think people are like oh he's a guy it's a phase I'm like no that's a habit now because yes. homie's been knocking it back since 19 what do you mean it's a phase it's been freaking exactly. 10 years he's 29 exactly. he's 30 and exactly. so when I tell matchmakers or like you know friends that are like he drinks sometimes with coworkers, I'm like girl no like I'm not into it but people will be like offended they're like you're so picky like who do you think you are I'm like okay right like um I think that people have no right to tell you that you're picky this is your life this is who you want to be with and this is who you don't want to be with and it's nobody's business whatsoever i understand culture and i understand family and i mean i'm not sure about your parents but my parents would have been like absolutely not this person drinks um and you know and i'll be very frank keep it private you know like you know you don't have to tell people like oh i'm getting to know so and so i'm getting to know so and so because the reality is if you meet many men during the course of your year, how long are you even talking to that person? Like you should know from the first week if this person drinks. And then that first week, you know, that he drinks, there should be no reason why anybody else knows about that relationship. You know, that's just from, this is, this is, this is how I am personally. You know, there was somebody that I did meet on one of those apps that I promoted, Hawaii. Um, Pakistani dude. Yeah. This Pakistani dude, um, very handsome, you know, entrepreneur. I, I like entrepreneurs because I'm an entrepreneur myself. So they understand my, my work schedule, my work-life balance and things like that. So I really care about that. And then he said, um, he smokes weed. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I got two children. No way. And even if I didn't have children, I can't be smelling that. Like, that's just not, that's just not, it's a big no-no. So this is something that I knew from the first week. Ask questions. Don't be shy. You know, like I met somebody um, and I am in a relationship now. And this person, um, you know, he had a list of like a hundred questions. I'm not even lying to you. So we had a lot of similarities. I'm like, okay, this person thinks like me. Um, we have like a lot of similarities, like more than, you know, and sometimes similarities are not too good, but these similarities are good similarities. And, you know, he was asking me questions and I was asking him questions back. And um, he was, uh, you know, quite, you know, either inserting the answer or like, you know, checking off like what, you know, and it turns out like we were like, like over like a 90% match. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, this person thinks like me, this person has similar, you know, you know, um, similar traits as I do. And this person has similar beliefs, you know, that, that I believe in. He's also faithful. He da, 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 all of these types of things that like really mean to me. So don't be shy to have a list of questions and don't be, don't, you know, and, and you should have a list of questions or a list of things that really mean to you. You're like, okay, this person should have these things. Mm -hmm. This person should not have these 10 things. 
And then when you're talking to somebody the first week, and I, and, I, and I talked about this in my YouTube video, first week, you should be able to nail down, don't have your time wasted because your time is money and your time is precious. So you're going to look at your time and you're, it's going to be really valuable. So why would you waste so much time coming to realize after one month of getting to know this person or sometimes one year people go into it and they're like, oh, he does this. And I'm like, what were you doing this time? Like looking at his eyes, you know, like you. For real though, it's like Instagram has taken Muslim dating, if we want to define it like that, or getting to know someone for marriage to the next level, because everything is one about instant gratification. Um, It's feeding the nafs, like the ego in the wrong way, because now we're not feeding ourselves soul food, we're feeding ourselves junk food. And then it's, for me for and I'm not gonna lie, because when Instagram came out, I was in college. And so I was going through that phase where you're looking at Instagram as this like ideal lifestyle. So you're like seeing these Instagram perfect couples. So when you would get a guy, you would literally be like, but how would we look on Instagram? Right? Exactly. Like, what's your advice, I guess, to young girls who are really coming down to the nitty gritty of like, aesthetically pleasing guys, because Gen Z is really struggling with this idea of like, being realistic about life like you said you got married you didn't know exactly your responsibilities and you just you like the idea of the of the feeling of wearing the dress like you oh, know instagram instagram did play a big role obviously i remember looking at this one influencer i didn't know what influencer was when i first got married but it was jennifer stano i think her name was oh, and I, she, well, I remember she, her she got married she got me she got she got she got she got divorced and now she's with like yep. a woman a woman but, <laughs> what yeah, yeah, she, she was huge on Instagram back in the day. Yeah. She was like one yeah, of the first vloggers. She was one of the first ones. And I remember yeah. looking at her face and I was like, dang, marriage life, I want that. Yeah. Remember, she got pregnant and then I was like, oh, I, I want to get pregnant. And she put the baby in these cute clothes. She made it look so perfect. But that's why for my platform, I don't always show the good side of my life. I talk about everything everything i did a tick i did a tiktok and i did a reels um where i was sitting down and people thought that i was sad which i was um but thought like that i was desperate like oh i'm divorced and nobody wants to look at me blah 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 which there was a message i'm a content creator this is what i do for a living the whole purpose of my content is for me to send a message to somebody to understand like this is wrong and it's and and, and it's a message to the men in our communities is that don't look down on me because i'm divorced don't look down on me because I have to have two children. I could be way better than any single girl that you meet, mm-hmm. you know, and I could be just as amazing as any single girl that you meet. And I brought the example of Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wa sallam. And, and I said, you know, like, look at him, look at what he did. And, you know, you need to learn from that. And you need to be like that. You know, Islam is not pick and choose, as my dad says. It's not an open buffet table. And you get to pick out what you want in your plate. No, 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 no. You take it either all or you don't take it. And, um, and you know, like, you know, it's just like, you know, go, go back and ask, answer your question. Sorry, again, I lost my line of thought. No, no, you were, um, you were talking about... Um, you your question, your question, you said, you said... Um, oh, what would you, like, tell these, like... Oh, about Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah, about Gen Z. Is that, like, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, right now, a lot of these TikTok girls, they're really young because TikTok is more for, like, the younger generation. Yeah. And these younger girls are creating these content that makes them look very beautiful, mashallah, and they are beautiful girls. And they're out here dancing and they're out here vibing and out here doing all of these types of things, which whatever, it's cool. I mean, it's fine. But um, again, looking at these guys that are also getting famous, that are also have the same similar, similar pages. And you think that life is just that little seven second video that you saw. Mm-hmm. It's not what life is at all. 
you know, life is, is, you know, and that's why I use my platform to advocate and talk about the struggles of being a single mom, the struggles of being divorced, you know, just the struggles of mental health. There's days where I don't want to do anything. Yeah. You know, I talk about so many things that are real, that are like, you know, things that really happen. And a lot of times when I do my, you know, ask me anything questionnaires on my stories, people ask me all sorts of questions. And when I answer, people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Didn't know you went through that. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that this happened. Blah, 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 blah. And and it just shows you that people are waiting and your followers are waiting to see reality. They're waiting to see something that they can connect with. Right now, I could post a pretty photo on a beach promoting a dress or promoting a brand. It looks cute. It looks pretty. That's really nice. But what are you really gaining from that? You're probably going to be gaining to, I'm going to influence you to buy that dress or buy that shoe or blah, 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 if something is modest, which is cool. But the reality is that this is not life. Yeah. Life is like, if I'm a single mom, there are thousands of others or hundreds of thousands of other single moms living in America, living in other parts of the world that message me and tell me, I'm going through this right now. I'm pregnant. I don't know what to do. My husband does this. My husband abuses me. I'm emotionally, um, you know, emotionally abused as well. I don't know what to do. How can I handle it? How did you go through this? I want to be like you, blah, blah, blah. And it breaks my heart because I cannot ignore these messages as busy as I am. Yeah. I open these messages and I respond to all of these girls and I'm like, you can do it. You know, try to make it work. You know, try to go to a sheikh. Try to have like a like a person in the middle that's gonna like try to help you. Don't give up right away. You know, I don't want to make it seem like because I didn't give up. I was in that marriage. I was in that marriage for eight years. You know, and I didn't give up. And I would go from parent to parent, to uncle to uncle, to sheikh to sheikh, and try to get people to help because I'm not the type of person that gives up right away. I tried my best, and Allah is my witness. Well, you know, I tried your, my best. Sorry, but what was your like biggest issue? Like, was it actually getting the divorce done and and it being accepted as like in just that it happened or was it like the aftermath of like how do you cope with it like what was that struggle for you yeah i mean i i'm the type of person like if i take somebody like when i when i got married like i wanted i wanted to get married forever i wanted to have five six kids i wanted to have a big family i wanted to be a trophy wife even though i got educated i went to university for seven years i went to henry ford i went to u of m dearborn i was studying pre-med my last semester of my bio degree, I, I dropped out. I was like, this is not for me. And then I ended up going to Wayne State where I graduated with, with my BBA. I went to school for seven years straight, summers included. So I got my education. I did all of that. But my main problem was that I was financially dependent and I had two children and I'm a very thoughtful mother. I don't know if you're both mothers, but when you have children, your life, I don't want to say is pushed to the side, but your kids come first. And I would look at my kids and I would cry at night and I would look at my kids and I'm like, what's, what did he do? What's his Zen? You know, why would I make him go through this without his father or without his mother? Stay, stay because the children needs his, the child needs his mom and his dad. Mm -hmm. So I would stay and I would stay and I would try and I would try and I would try. I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. I have flaws just like anybody else does. You know, I have my share of mistakes, but I still tried my best and I did the best that I could as a wife and as a mother. And it was hard for me to leave because I had a three-year-old and a newborn. And then, you know, and they're three years apart. So even when they were growing together, they were still young. Right now they're uh, turning, my son's turning nine, my daughter's turning six. They're at the age where they're starting to understand. They could make sense of the situation. They're not confused. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, it wasn't difficult for me to get a divorce. You know, it, it was not, you know, I could just go to the Sheikh and be like, you know, hey, like this is, this is happening. And if he, if he agreed, then there was, there was no issue, but it was a matter of me 
I lacked the confidence of what will happen to me? Who will look at me? Me with me and my two kids. Who wants me? I'm used. Because this is the words that I heard in the community. Mm-hmm. This is words that I heard in my, within my family. <laughs> like that. This is the this is the talk of the community. And I was always scared. If I got divorced, then I'm gonna have all of these little sharks coming at me, asking me for you know multiple relationships, and I don't ever want to be put in this situation. And um, at, at a point in time when you're just fed up, you're like, you know what? I just can't continue. Yeah. And it's not gonna work out. And you just you have to be willing to accept it. I lived with my mom for a year after I got divorced with my children. And uh, because I couldn't, I couldn't live anywhere. I, I didn't have money. I was financially dependent on my ex and, you know, and my husband at the time. And what was I going to do? Where was I going to live? How was I going to feed those children? You know, and even if I did qualify for aid from the government or from the state, I was going to be in an area that didn't have children or families that I wanted to have my children around. So I was like, you know what? Suck it up. Build yourself up. Promise yourself that you're going to get out of this bubble and, you know, and make sure that you're going to start, you know, making real money to where you don't need anybody. And just ask Allah Subhanahu Allah for help. And I did that. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I worked hard and hard. And I've been working my butt off for three years. And I'm going to continue working the same way. And Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala knows my intention. Allah knows my struggle. So, and Allah's not going to leave me when I have two mouths to feed. You know, Allah's, Allah's so merciful. So I just relied on that. And eventually, the reality is, is you're going to face that day. Just like you're going to face death. Can you escape it? You can't. And same thing, you can't escape a bad situation. One day you're going to face it and you're going to, you know, re, you know you're going to suffer the consequences, which I did. Um, but those consequences and that suffering is what led me to be the strong, independent individual in this society, in this community. And that's why I'm able to take on um, responsibility and take on this role of leading by example and sharing my experience. So if I hadn't gone through that, I won't be me. I won't be Zahra Barrow. I won't be Zah- I won't have Zahra the label. I won't be, you know, this confident person being able to openly speak about her struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Juju, yeah. I feel like you wanted to say something. Oh yeah, I wanted to ask you if your parents were supportive of you getting a divorce at first. Yeah, so I mean, just like any parent, no parent wants their child to go through that you know my 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 parents you know my my father my parents you know both of them you know it's okay how try this try that try this try that do this do that but parents are not dumb parents know as adults that something might not last but parents have hope in their hearts Mm -hmm. that maybe as youngsters they could change because they're still young they're, they're not old where they've had the experience. They could still, we could influence them to change. But my parents were not the type to get involved anyways. Like I'm not, the, I wasn't the type to get my parents involved to where, like in the beginning, yeah. Anytime I had a problem, I go to my dad, Baba, da, 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 da. this, this, this happened. I mean, and then I realized, you know, like, I can't continue doing that. Like it's, it's I'm not Baba's girl anymore. I'm married. And I, I had to stop that. I had to stop that. And I did. But like, unless something got very, very big, that's when I would seek my parents' advice. You know, my parents didn't really know about my struggles unless my struggle happened. But my struggle was often, um, sadly. And, uh, and you know, so when something did happen or something big did happen, I would have to go to my parents and be like, this, this, this happened. And, you know, la hawla wa la quwwata billah. And, you know, try to talk me into this. Read this book. Read this article. Try this. Try that. Be yeah. calm. Be patient. Dress nice. Look nice. I was always the solution. Yeah. He was never the solution. 
that's, that's a, one of that's the biggest issue. issues is that the it's always the girl's fault or it's always like the female needs to make sure everything's okay but the guy doesn't need to pick up the slack like yeah that's like one of the biggest issues and even with divorcees men versus women in the muslim community it's like the men go like hotcakes and the females are the ones who people are like oh like you know i feel so bad for her and you know like I know that no one wants to be simple. Like you don't want someone to be like, oh, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. But I feel like the community needs to start looking at divorcee women as like resilient and strong. And like, they are going through like, like for some it's trauma for them. It's like mental health, emotional, um, you know, issues and whatever, but that we should be there for everyone, regardless of their situation. And I really like how you kept referring back to Allah and, you know, like that you kept praying and that you didn't lose hope because we're having a lot of girls and women and men go, going through mental health issues and they straight up just give up believing that Allah is there and Allah is listening. And, you know, in the Quran, we know that when um, Prophet Muhammad he told Prophet Muhammad, Oh Muhammad, when my servants ask you about me, tell them that I am near and I respond to the call of the, you know, of the supplicator. And it's so hard. I know for a lot of like this Gen Z and like the young generation to like have this hope because they're looking at Instagram as like this godly like platform that's going to bring them all this happiness. And you keep going back to like, I had to, I had to hurt. I had to struggle. I had to feel, I had to go through pain. And what a lot of our youngsters and even us like in our, in, th in the thirties and forties is we're not willing to feel emotion anymore. Like we're not willing to like go through the journey of life. And, you know, Allah says like, you know, with hardship comes ease. Like we have to feel the pain. Like you have to, you have to literally fall. You know, what is Imam Ali says when you like <laughs> fall to your knees, it's a perfect position to pray, right? Like when God, like when life throws you down, you need to like rise up and be like, okay, um, thank you for the experience. Like, let's move forward. So I really appreciate you being so open and honest with like the struggle. Cause like you said, people think your life is perfect, right? Seven seconds on TikTok, Instagram. And they're it's like, oh, life is amazing. She's a blogger. She's no amazing. doubt, you know, blah, blah, blah. No doubt. And I think that it's very important. Um, like just in general, like even like right now, like in the community, like, I mean, I hear different different parents come from different backgrounds. Um, but yeah, like you do hear situations where like, oh my God, if my if, like if, if my dad ever found out that so-and-so hit me or my spouse hit me, wallah, he'll make sure that we get divorced, blah, blah, blah. My dad will beat him, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you do hear some parents that are like that, like they're over defensive and, you know, then the spouse will make sure like they'll never lay their hand on their daughter, blah, blah, blah. But then you have other parents that are just like patient, patient, mm -hmm. he'll change. He will change, he will change. And then you're just like, no, he's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. This is this is just how it is. This is what's this is how this person is. And until you realize that, hey, I'm fed up, I'm tired, and you know, like, and you reach a point where you get embarrassed. Like I reached a point personally where I'm like, how many times am I gonna go to the sheikh? Yeah. How many times in the past eight years have I gone to this man for help? And it's got me nothing. And every time I would go, guess what he would say? The jihad of a woman is her patience. Let's not bring this man here. Let's discuss what is this man doing? What are you doing? Where's the problem? It was never like that. It was like your jihad is your patience. Mm -hmm. You have to be patient with your husband. Look nice. Put perfume. Look presentable. Um, hello. Life is not about just you know the sexual part. That's like five percent of life. Yeah. How long are you gonna be in bed together? You know, throughout the month. But the reality is, what's the 95% of the time is you in this person's face. 
cooking, cleaning, bathing, um, children, um, picking up groceries, buying clothing, paying bills, blah, 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 blah. And his job is just to be the provider. And that's it. He thinks he's enough. As Sayyid Ammar was just saying the other day, which he has a beautiful series right now on, um, during the month of Ramadan. Yeah. It's a beautiful series. And a lot of it is, you know, has a lot to do with women, emotional abuse of women, the hijab of men, hijab of women, all of these things where the community should learn and should really, uh, you know, you know, uh, adapt to their life right now. Um, and he talks about those things, you know, and they're really important to talk about, you know, emotional abuse and all of these types of things. You know, like he was saying, like, a man thinks he's just going to provide. That's it. That's all he needs to do. And he's done. No, Habibi, that's not what life is. Life is being with your wife. Life is being with your children, sitting down with your child, helping him with homework. Like when I tell you, like I was, I had every single responsibility in the book on my back, except providing. So he provided and that was enough. But I had every single other responsibility on my back. And I was fine with it. I really was. But then you reach a point where you're like, oh, am I getting appreciated around here? Yeah. Can I say thank you, please? You know, you're working hard, but I'm working 10 times more. You know, I have to deal with two little kids that are crying and nagging, one's teething, one's this, one's that. They don't see that struggle because they don't pick up that responsibility. Give them two nights or give them a weekend with the babies and they'll lose their, they'll, they'll lose their mind. Mm -hmm. They can't handle it. And that's because, you know, you know, and that's kind of my, my fault. And again, that goes back to me being really young is that I didn't know better. I'll, I was like, oh, I have to make sure they're sleeping. He has work tomorrow. Oh no, they're crying. I have to make sure that they're not going to cry. You know, and I look back and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going through that again. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I, I learned my lesson big time. No, for sure. And um, something you mentioned was about just like how you constantly kept going to the sheikh and getting advice and stuff like that. Um, did you feel like the sheikh was accommodating to your situation or it seemed like it was like a bias, like opting to like favor the guy's situation? It varied, but it was mainly towards me changing. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if it's like, I just thought of this, but do you feel like parents have different views on women divorcing someone if like the family introduced her to this guy versus if she met him on her own? That's a good because question. I've seen that. It's like if the family has introduced her to the guy and he's well known in the community it's like, no, this is embarrassing. We don't want you to um, get divorced, work on it, change yourself because he's perfect. He's great. And then I have had friends who they found someone on their own and the family immediately just didn't like them. And then they supported the divorce <laughs> or they they actually kind of involved themselves and it, it kind of did lead to divorce. So I've seen yeah. differences with that. I think it just varies on the families and cultures as well. I know like there's some cultures that like intervene, like for example, I mean, I grew up, you know, and, you know, I had Yemen, a lot of Yemenis, the Yemenis, they'll pick the spouse, they'll pick the girl for you, you know, and, you know, you really don't have an, an option sometimes. Now, I'm not generalizing, of course. I'm just saying, like, if you go back in the day, you know, that's just how it is. You can't meet her, you can't see her, you can't date her until like a week before your wedding is where you do like your nikah um, and stuff like that. And yeah, I agree. Like, especially if that person is prominent in the community and is very well known and you're like, yeah, the jursa, the embarrassment. No, 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 no. We don't want to go through that. So I do get your point and I do understand where you're coming from. But yeah, these types of things exist all the time in any community, in any community, especially if that person is well-known. I actually got to know a very well-known person and um, uh, it didn't go well. And, uh, you know, like, and I don't talk about it because this person is well-known. 
you know, this person is well known and I just don't want to like shame her. I don't want to talk about it. But there are other girls that have opened up to me that talk to that same person and they're like, yeah, why not? Like, let's talk about it. They did this person did this, this person did that. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not like you. I knew at two weeks, three weeks that this not, was not going to work out. So there's nothing really for me to say. So I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, like it just depends on the situation or it depends on the family. It depends on how deeply rooted, you know, the culture is in that family too. So, you know, there's still some, some communities today that act like they're in the 1970s. I'm not even kidding you. It's crazy. There's entire communities who are still functioning as like old school, like they're back in like their home country. And there's like, exactly. we're not even in America. I'm like, homie, we are in the US of A. Like, let us wake up. Like they're yeah. in the illusion that their kids are good. And like, everyone's like going off dating each other, like getting high in the parking lot of the masjid, <laughs> like crazy things, you know? And they're like, oh, my Habibi, she's such a good girl. Or He's such a good boy. And I'm like... Oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I was like yeah. let's wake up let's wake up but yeah yeah and how like what's your advice to um community like families and like uh just like people in the community right like you said like we go to the masjid like before covid and everyone knows everyone's business right like how do you want or how would you recommend people treating someone who's just been recently divorced or like they have gone through the situation like what like what should there not their demeanor be, what should their vibes be towards you? Like, what do you want to see change in the community, um, you know, in terms of like how divorcees are treated? I think that change is very difficult. Um, and I say this because you can't change people, but you could change yourself. And I'll give you an example about when I got divorced. When I got divorced, I completely fell into a little bubble and I did that on purpose because I knew that if I was out there and if I was going to places or being in certain places that people might look at me a certain way, people might identify me as doing something wrong or blah, 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 all of these types of things. So I took time off to be myself and discover myself and be on an adventure and work out and try opening businesses that have failed. Um, but I still did try and I put all my energy and all my attention into what I could do. Um, but as far as communities go, you can't really change them. You can't you can't change an auntie that comes asks you why did you get divorced. This is this is her this is her society. This is what she thinks. This is how much she knows. This is her limitation. Um, but I feel like for the younger generation, um, a lot of people right now just like to gossip or like to know about what did he do? Oh, he did this 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 this. You know, and I say this in my YouTube video is don't give people a reason to have your name on their tongue. And by doing so, it's just not answering their questions. Right now, if anybody asks me what went wrong, I don't really openly say what went wrong. It's nobody's business. I don't like my business out there. I just say there's no nasib, there's no fate. I wish him the best, wish me the best. Good luck, bye-bye, that's it, it's done with. I don't like to get into it. Some people that I'm very close to obviously know about what happened and these types of things, people that I trust. But other than that, there's no reason why people in the community should know my story. I'm private, even though I'm public on Instagram, even though I'm an influencer, even though I blog and I share my family and I share my journey, I decide what I let you see. You know what I'm saying? And there, you only see 1%. Yeah. All that you see is 1%. Yeah, it's crazy because like, obviously you're like, mashallah, like a big time influencer, right? And like, I'm not at all an influencer, but like, you know, like people will message you like, 
passive aggressive remarks because they want more information. But instead of flat out asking you, they'll say something negative towards you so that you lash out at them with the information they're looking for. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Like, oh, <clears throat> it looks like you're having fun without your kids. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's ever said that to me. Um, not you. I'm making like, up an example. Yeah. Like, oh. I don't have kids. I'm single AF. Like, there's, yeah. you know, that, like, people will be like, oh, you know, like, they'll make passive aggressive remarks like, oh, wow, you seem to really like to spend your money on travel. And I'm like, do you know, like, how many bills I pay? <laughs> like, I think I that, um, I think that um, before, like, you know, like, when I first said about it, like, yeah, like, these little remarks would bother me. I think one thing I don't tolerate is anybody hating on my, my faith, or hating on my sect that I'm a Shia Muslim. I think that I'm one of the first influencers that is like literally openly Shia here in the and United States. I love States. it. And uh, there were bloggers from Dearborn before me, but I'm not, I, I never used to follow them. I wasn't on Instagram at the time, but I'm not sure if they were ever open about being Shia. I think what I used to hear was that they were too scared to share that they're Shia because they're scared that people will not follow them. I frankly don't care. This is me and this is who I am. And I grew up with Sunni and I grew up with Shia and I grew up with Christian. My neighbors were Greek Orthodox and we're still best friends still today. You know, I never grew up hating anybody. Okay, we're different. And mm -hmm. what's the point? But yeah, that's the only type of thing that I do respond to is because, hey, as a Muslim, you cannot be doing that. It's not allowed, especially on my page. That's the only thing I address. Anything else, I have no reason why I should waste my beautiful time and my wonderful energy on you. Yeah, right or wrong? Absolutely. Why would I? I'm spending my money on a $10,000 bag. What's at your business? Yeah. What's at your business? I'm spending my money on traveling. What's at your business? I don't even let it get to me because I know that I'm happy. And I know that I'm making the best decisions for myself. And if anybody wants to give me construct constructive criticism, it's not on a text or, a, or it's not on a message or comment. It's on a DM, which I receive tons of these. You're Aura, you're this, you're that, you cannot wear this, you cannot wear that. Bruh, delete. I ain't got time for this. You know, <laughs> you know, sometimes I, you know, there's some people like, you know, I did like that one viral tech tech video like last year, how to do your brows in quarantine. Um, you should see in the comment section, it did not pass the vibe check. Oh my <laughs> god, was, really? Just eyebrows? Oh, because some people what? don't believe you should some get people don't believe that you could do your eyebrows. Oh my god. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <gasps> and I was just like, wait a dang minute. What oh. is going on? here and um and i remember like i'm like i don't got time to be responding yeah. to these comments you know and then i remember reposting it on my instagram and i'm like before you come and start writing comments i am of a different sect and we are allowed to do our brows so don't at me yeah <laughs> people still commented people still commented it's just crazy oh. how so many people concern themselves with other people's life like as if like that's their own brother or sister and they think like they're saving them from like sinning or something crazy but i wanted to take it back a little bit where, you know, like you're mentioning, you know, mashallah, you're so confident and you have like so much experience, but like when you, you know, you had to obviously go through a phase or a period of time where you had to feel and you had to like go through a, a journey, right. To like have a self-discovery. Yeah. Um, what's your recommendation like for people who may have been divorced or are maybe in a marriage currently that they can't really be in anymore or even like for me like I'm a single girl right like and you like there's a certain point where you're like you're trying and you're trying and then you're just like do you settle do you not settle right like what do you end up doing like 
what did your like self-discovery journey look like and what would you advise to like young men and women of any background like where you should start yeah that's a really good question actually um in the beginning it's just a bunch of trials like when I first got divorced I got really into working out I worked out and I had my body was more amazing than before I had kids um and I was like okay I'm gonna work out I want to look good I want to this and that by itself helped push my mental focus in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, and it helped me really get my mind um, on track. And it really helped me diverge my thinking from my divorce or from the problems that happened. And my full energy was like, I want a six pack. I want to lift my body. I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to have that. And I worked at it at home and I got a gym membership and I did all of this stuff too. And after I would finish from that, I would go home, feed the kids, put my kids to sleep. And that's why I was at my mom's. I would finish from there go to a Tim Hortons or a Starbucks or whatever, I would take my computer and I would work till 12 at night, sit down by myself, put my AirPods on, put whatever it was that I wanted to listen to, a podcast or motivational music. And I would just work, 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 work. I tried drop shipping. I tried opening up an Amazon business. Um, I started blogging. Um, I did like a bunch of other things. And I was like, I wanted to do everything. I paid so much money for this course. Um, I fell into a, a pyramid scheme where I paid so much money and it turned out to be a fraud. So I wanted to do something mm -hmm. so bad in my life to prove to myself that you don't need nothing. Yeah. You don't need anybody and that you could do this by yourself. And eventually it led to me blogging and it led to me sharing my love of a modest fashion. Mm -hmm. And it led to me sharing my love for wearing hijab the way that I was raised to wear hijab from, you know, a Lebanese community and from a Muslim community is that, you should, you know, cover your hair and you should cover your neck and not just that, but like just being overall comfortable and, 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 and wearing it. Like right now I'm talking to you, no matter how I move, my hijab staying in place. So I wanted to share these types of things. I wanted to share these tips and I saw an abundance and overwhelming support from my community. And I started to grow and grow and grow and brands would reach out to me here and brands would reach, would reach out to me there. And then I thought to myself, I'm not going to really make that much money because I'm still young, but why don't I try modeling? And then I started modeling and then I started to make money modeling. And this money turned from, you know, I remember I, I got an extra hundred at the end of the month and I was like, hundred dollars. Wow. I'm going to save that. This is what I'm going to do with it. This is what I'm going to buy with it. I'm going to buy an outfit. I'm going to make a video. And then that video is going to get that brand to work with me. And that's kind of how it happened. And that's how I became a modest fashion influencer. And that's how my love of hijab got me into starting my own hijab and modest fashion line, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just that you need to understand that you're going to go through a period of time where you don't know what's going to be successful. You don't know what it is that you want. You're just trying so many things. Yeah. You know, there's so many girls right now that are not necessarily modest fashion bloggers, but there's girls that are into health. There's girls that are into, you know, cooking. There's girls that are into baking their passion. So find your passion. It's yeah. very simple. Find your passion and try to find ways to make money off of it. Are you a blogger that likes to bake cupcakes and, and, and stuff like that? Create a blog. Put some ads on your page, drive traffic through SEO. You can make money from ads, make a YouTube video. You can make money from ads. Just there's so many things that you could do and that are underestimated that you could do from home. Like right now I have the luxury and the ability to be able to work from home. I can pick up right now. I have full-time custody of my children. I pick up my children. I drop them off. They come home to me. I don't have to leave anywhere to work. I don't have to think about a babysitter after I don't have to think about a camp because I'm home and I built this luxury where I'm able to sit down and I'm able to work from my computer and generate an income from my computer. And I, and I have all of these resources at my disposal that I've built over the course of these years. 
um, that helped me build this content, helped me make this type of money. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to like that you that you just emphasize like that you had to like go to Tim Hortons and you went through this struggle and you worked and worked because a lot of uh, people are in this illusion that they don't have to put in a lot of effort to become successful. And it's really getting to people's heads because they're seeing like influencers and what like we keep mentioning, like they'll just see this quick seven second video or like, oh, I can also show people how to put on a hijab. But it's the fact that you're so authentic and that when people blow up, it's because people are buying who you are. They're not buying the product. They're buying the message behind what you're no about. And exactly. So it, like your authenticity is what brought you to this place and that you were willing to be publicly vulnerable and you were willing to be like, hey, like I went through this, blah, blah, blah. And like, here's my story. And if someone comes and they're trying to do the same thing as you, they're going to fail because they're not throwing out that authenticity. So yeah, and to be like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, so like, what's your like take on that? Like, yeah. And like, just, just to be clear, like for anybody from the audience right now, that's like listening to this is that like being an influencer is a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And there's days where I just cannot keep up with the demand of work. And it's not just like, let me snap, snap a cute little picture and post it on Instagram and tag a brand. There's so much effort that goes behind every single photo, especially if you're working with brands and to get those brand deals, you have to prove that you're worthy enough to work with them. You know, I just got a really big brand deal with Puma Woman. That's huge. Congrats. You know, and um, I worked really hard. And the only reason that they worked with me um, is because, number one, I have, a, I have a manager. So I have somebody that represents me that speaks for them on my behalf. Number two, my struggles, my, me being a single mom, me being an entrepreneur, me having my own fashion line, me da-da-da-da-da, all, all of that type of stuff is what got them to look at me and be like, dang, man, she's unique. Yeah. She's Muslim. She's American. She's, she's, you know, she's, she's, she's modern. She's a single mom of two. She's got a sense of fashion. She has a page. She has her own line. This girl's got it. So we want to work with her. So it's just being you be you don't change it for nobody and find your passion, make money from it and just love yourself and know what you want as a human being before you want anything from a relationship. What do you want from yourself? What do you want to prove to yourself? Do that for yourself first, because if you don't love yourself, ain't nobody going to love you. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm going to love you like you. Yeah. And I've mentioned this, like I've been, I started a project and it's like really small, but I called it renewed nafs, right? Like to renew your soul, because so many of us are lacking that like element of self-love and we're lacking that, like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, we're struggling. Um, but I just quickly before I know, like we're a little, we're a little over, but just, yeah. just the fact that you keep saying, you know, be you be authentic to you. And now we're seeing a lot of girls like taking off hijab for the sake of social media yeah. and because they feel like they need to emulate this lifestyle that they're seeing how would you recommend like a girl who's wavering from keeping the hijab on or taking it off like or whatever you know what i mean like keeping it on or yeah, taking yeah, it off? i totally get it um when i first started blogging uh i met a lot of influencers and i followed a lot of influencers and i actually talked about this a couple months ago on my instagram and i said influencers also get influenced we're people I'm a normal human being. I'm just like you. You know, I don't, I'm not any better than anybody just because I have 50,000 followers. Like, that's just bull, you know? Um, but, and I mentioned this once to one of my blogger friends, and I said, if somebody's page doesn't make me a better person or help me stay true to myself, mm -hmm. and I know what wants, I know exactly what helps me stay true to myself, and I know what doesn't. If I'm following Kylie Jenner, Khloe Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, all of these people that dress a certain way, 
I'm going to be influenced to look, I'm going to get an idea, I'm going to get a whatever, to try to look like that, whether it's at home, whether it's the out, whether blah, blah, blah. Or if I'm following an influencer that just has her hair back a little bit, her cute little curls showing her neck. Yeah. Not like that. No, no, not, not like that. I'm talking about there's effort where their hair is curled, it's brushed, yeah. and the hijab is just for decor. I'm talking about this type of stuff. I know that I don't want to follow that. And I say this a lot. And I say this so many times. And I feel like people agree with me. And some people don't. Unfollow mm-hmm. who will push you away from who you are, period. Mm-hmm. Period. There was an influencer that I followed that removed hijab. May, may Allah guide her. She could be a much better person than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, a way better person than I am. But if I have my own devils telling me to remove hijab at the time when you removed it, I'm going to remove my hijab. Yeah. And for that reason, I unfollowed you. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. And I know that a lot of girls in the community have that thought in their head that I want to look like that. I want to look like this. I want to have the hair color. I want to do that thing. I want to do that. So unfollow. It's very simple. Yeah. Unfollow something that's not going to help you be true to who you are. And that's me. Like a lot of times I'll go through like a, I call it Instagram detox. I'll take it off for a few days or I just won't post for a few days. And I'll just like relax and I'll self-reflect like who am I? I'll try to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, and just like these types of things is because I need to sometimes realize like wake up and smell the coffee. Instagram is not your life. Yeah. It's, not, it's not my life. Instagram is not my life. Neither is neither. I have a life. I have children. I can't be on here 24-7. Yeah. That's a reality. And now that my kids are older, I t- tend to be very selective of what I push on Instagram as far as content. And, and I tend time to be- and energy because you're a mom, you're a, you know, you're an entrepreneur. Like you don't have time to sit there and be like, Uh, constantly even for me like I'm literally just like Joe Schmo and like I made a rule for myself that I will not look at like you know alhamdulillah I wake up at 5 a.m every day even before like Ramadan and all this stuff and I made a point to be like I am not looking at social media before 9 a.m because I don't want anything that I see to influence my day and my positivity and my mood right so that's a part of the renewed nafs thing that I'm working on but it's like what you like you said don't follow people that are gonna like influence you to like live more for this dunya than the deen, you know? And like, um, exactly. but I know we're out of times. Are This was like, honestly, so inspiring. Thank you so much for having me. Like this no, was honestly an honor for us to have you on and Juju. Thank you so much. Well, we're, on lunch break. <laughs> we're on our lunch break. So we're like, that's why. Um, oh, cool. but, um, before I let you go, do you want to tell people where, where they can find you on social media? Yes. You guys can follow me on Instagram. Just search my name, Zahra Barrow. Um, and I'm also on TikTok, Zahra Biro. And also follow, if you're a hijabi and you love modest fashion, um, I have my own design, um, my own design, my own fashion line, my own label, Zahra the Label. So you can just visit ZahraTheLabel.com. Um, we have some amazing stuff coming. We have some amazing stuff right now. Um, and thank you so much for hearing me out till the end. Much love to all of you. All the best. Thank you so much. And yeah, I definitely need like hijab tips because... I just started hijab a year. Uh, it actually hasn't been a year yet since I put hijab on. Oh, mashallah. Congratulations. Yeah, so, so and I didn't mention this on the podcast, um, but a lot of um, people, they actually, because like I'm single and I'm trying to meet somebody and all this, but when I put hijab on, a lot of matchmakers actually were like, good luck finding someone. Like not many guys want hijabis anymore. And I was like. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, I let's... know. But it's like no. it's the mindset. Don't believe everything you see. Don't, 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 don't trust me. Like I was just They're like, not Allah. they're not Allah. Just yeah, exactly. But, um, thank you so much. I thank you so much for having so me. Grateful. And if, when I post the episode, if you,